Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Time to talk a little league with Matt Moore. He covers the association for the Action Network, which is a great app and a must-have for gamblers. But even if not, the information is just spectacular. It's quantitative, it's analytical, it's unique. It is a really cool sports tool. And Matt does a great job, and he's kind enough to spend some time with me on a Sunday night on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Doing well, man. How are you? I'm doing very well. So I came into this year thinking that there were only two teams who could come out of the East, the Bucks and the Sixers. And I think the Heat are the story of the young season. Do you believe that the Heat are a legitimate contender for the Eastern Conference? No. I think it's a good start for them. I think that their offense is off to a better start um, than we expected. Their schedule, if you kind of get into it, there are a lot of spots in there in which they've caught teams at the right moment. They've caught teams at their lowest points. Like the Rockets genuinely are in a lot of trouble defensively, and this is probably the low point of the year for them defensively. There won't be a lot of high points, but it's not necessarily surprising that they were able to put up a big number on the Rockets who gave up 158 to the Wizards the other night. Um, they've caught some good teams. They've played well. Um, they play in the Eastern Conference, so they're definitely going to be a playoff team. But there's a lot of stuff going on now where everything is kind of like everything's clicking at once. The question is going to be, does that mean when things stop clicking, do they all click? stop clicking together and that's going to be kind of the question they're extremely well coached they have a lot of talent they have some depth but there are still some things that you can really attack with them that i think are going to give them some issues long term i think it's a great start for them but i'm not ready to put them up there with philadelphia and milwaukee for really being able to make a run at the east so do you then agree with my initial feeling on the east that those are the only two teams that likely can come out of this thing yeah there's nobody else like my you know everybody was trying to figure out like who's that third team and some people liked Miami, and that definitely looks like it. they could wind up being that third seed um, with kind of being like the outside contender status. Uh, I want to see how Indiana looks when Victor Oladipo gets back, if he gets back. I think that's pretty significant because they had a rough start, but they've adjusted quickly, and Malcolm Brogdon's doing some really great things. Orlando, I thought, might be able to do it, but their offense is just a wreck. Um, in reality, and I will say this, the Celtics are better than I expected on multiple levels, both on both sides of the ball they're better than I expected them to be, and I thought they would be pretty good. I think Boston has an outside chance. If they can add maybe one more defensive piece, especially in the front court, they might really have something going. But overall, I think it's a two-team race, and to be honest with you, I think that maybe we're not really realizing Philadelphia is undefeated, but they also got the best net rating in the league. They are absolutely jumping on teams. That was a very big win without Embiid versus Portland. The Sixers are probably better than most people realize at this point. Do you think they're clearly better than the Bucks? I do right now. Uh, Milwaukee has, has taken a step back defensively. So last year, one of the, the quiet stories was everyone was looking at their offense and how much spacing there was and Giannis. But they're also the best defensive team in the league, and they're starting to get hit on that end in big chunks. They have large quarters where they're giving up huge numbers. Now, they can improve that as, as the year goes on, but they haven't played a murderer's row yet on offense either or on defense. They've played teams that they should be able to control and have had some trouble with it. I think the loss of Brogdon hurts them a little bit on that end. 
Um, they're prone to some droughts, which can, can get them in some trouble. I think Milwaukee is not as much of a powerhouse as it was last year, and Philadelphia is better. Like, I think Philadelphia is right now a step above Milwaukee. We're just too early on in the season to really take anything from it. Matt Moore covers the league for the Action Network. I was fascinated by what Giannis was going to add to his game after the embarrassment in the Eastern Conference Finals, and where you know there's clearly still more development in his game. He's so talented and so athletic, but still so young. It seems to me like he's added playmaking ability, like the eight plus assists per game, and he's just hitting guys in right spots. The ball seems to be in his hand more. What are you seeing in terms of what he added in the summer? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it is he's getting more comfortable with the offense, and, and that helps you to cycle through. His placement on passes has improved. He's always been a willing passer, uh, but his targeting has sometimes been a little bit off where he'd hit shooters a little bit outside their pocket, and now he's hitting them right in the shooting pocket, and that's helping to get up those shots, and that's increased his assist rate. I think having um, the kind of Ersan Ilyasova, I think, is playing really well, and that's actually helped him quite a bit. Uh, in terms of having an interior big to make plays with alongside Brooke Lopez, that I think has helped uh, in some regards. There's just been like a, a lot. I think of the, the little things and playing in that system for another year, I think has helped him too to be able um, to take a real step forward. He's got like a, a very even distribution of who he's finding for passes. They're also pushing the ball a lot more in transition, uh, yep. and that I think has helped him as well. So, all right, let's go to some of the Western Conference storylines that have been interesting to me. You you mentioned Houston, and they've clearly struggled defensively, but they're also clearly really talented and nowhere near gelling yet. Do you think that the Westbrook-Harden combo has a high ceiling? I think they do offensively. I mean, they put up 159 the other night on the Wizards, so clearly they can put up some numbers. Um, defensively, this team has not been the same the last two seasons. So they, they had a really good defensive system and personnel two years ago in that run to the Western Conference Finals. But yep. they've had things kind of chip away. Like They don't ever really want to admit it, but losing Ariza has hurt them. They, need, they needed a veteran wing because they're filling that in right now with Daniel House uh, and a bunch of other guys are just kind of like filling in, them in. But Westbrook is, is never going to prioritize defense in the regular season. Harden's never going to prioritize defense in the regular season. Gordon's not. So it's really just P.J. Tucker and then Clint Capella trying to block shots. But they're pulling Capella way up high and then getting in on the back line. And P.J. Tucker's not a big rim protector, so you're losing a little bit there. Like They just have a lot of issues, I think, on the defensive end that are holding them back. I think the Rockets are still going to, are going to figure some things out and not be this bad defensively. Um, but it's definitely a weakness, and I think it's going to foretell of how what the trouble that they're going to have in the playoffs eventually, because they're not really there's no chance of this becoming a good defensive team by the end of the year. So then, speaking of a new duo in the West, AD and LeBron have been pretty breathtaking, and they've gelled quickly. Are you surprised how well it's working this soon? I'm not, because if you really dig into it. If you dive into it, what you're really seeing with them is this team is winning with defense. And that's honestly, that's a testament to Frank Vogel and that he's getting a, a, a bunch of new players and a, a bunch of new pieces. And he's gotten the best out of Dwight Howard, whose defensive rating is just like off the chain. Um, he's just, it's just been ridiculous. You know, LeBron's averaging eight, uh, is, is averaging 11 assists this year, which is just 
remarkable. He's putting in a, a colossal performance early on in the season. He's also, by the way, spending about 80% of his passes via the NBA stats to Anthony Davis. He knows who his bread and butter is. It's been better, I think, than I expected, but most of the big thing is that the effort level defensively for this team is through the roof, and if they're able to sustain that, that's going to win them a ton of games. Uh, Luka Doncic with another triple-double. I love the Trey Young, Luka, what if. Do you think you know definitively who's going to be the better NBA player between the two of them? Between Luka and who, I'm sorry? Between Luka and Trey Young. Oh, uh, you know, I, lo- I just I love that storyline so much because, yeah. like, I, I I thought I thought it was ludicrous that that Luca wasn't the first overall pick, and it was just disrespectful to the Euro League. And then I love how everyone wrote off Trey Young, and he's bounced back to be just this crazy offensive weapon. Yeah, it's a, I think it is a great question. I, I honestly, at this point, I do think that Trey's ceiling is maybe a little bit higher. Just like a smidge. I think they're both like incredible players. And Luka was just phenomenal in that game versus the Lakers in a tough loss. Um, and Trey was playing bonkers and beating teams that the Hawks should have no chance against before he went down with the ankle injury. Uh, he is so important to that team. They are fantastic. We're going to be debating this for a long time. Um, what's interesting is I think Trey will, Trey's weaknesses defensively will stand out a lot more than Luka's will. Uh, but what will get lost is how good Trey is as a playmaker. Luca is a fantastic passer, and he's still not in Trey Young's league as a passer. That's how good Trey Young is. You know, and Trey's ability to score, I think a lot of this is going to be determined by what we start seeing from them in the playoffs. When those two guys start making the playoffs and we see how, what it looks like when teams are putting two guys on the ball with them, we saw it a little bit the other night, and Luca made some incredible passes to beat that coverage. Uh, Trey's starting to see it already. Like, that's what's incredible. These guys are in their second year, and teams are legitimately like, like, nope, let's blitz them. Send two guys at them on every pick and roll to try and get the ball out of their hands. That shows you how incredible they already are with the ball. Yeah, back-to-back triple-doubles for Luka, 29-14 and 15 assists against the Cavs. Um, in We're talking to Matt Moore. He covers the NBA for the Action Network. It is considered a wide-open year in the NBA if there are seven legitimate NBA title contenders. How many teams do you think have a real shot to win the title this year? Well, in preseason, it looked like a bigger number, which is to be expected. Um, Right now, the Nuggets do not look like they are in that, that level, which I thought that they really had a chance. Now it's early. They can get back in that conversation, but right now they're not. Um, the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, those are three. Um, let's take the Rockets out for now. Um, let's put in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, that's five. Uh, I think Portland deserves to be in that conversation for how Damian Lillard is playing. Like He has just been so, – he is just separating every, himself from everyone with his abilities and his, uh, the way that he can take over a game. Even for a Portland team that got worse roster-wise and then are dealing with injuries, he's keeping them in it. So I want to put them in that conversation as like a fringe outside dark horse. But that's six. Uh, I think Denver can get back into it. That's seven. I think Houston can get back into it. That's eight. I think this is still wide open. After the first week, everyone said, oh, the Clippers. Like, the Clippers might just be better than everybody else. What if the Clippers are just like, what if they, nobody, who's going to stop the Clippers? And then Phoenix beat them. And now we've seen them struggle with Utah a little bit, and they're down right now to Utah. Uh, there is parity in this league. The Lakers are going to hit rough stretches. I think that's what's going to be fascinating in the West is which teams match up with who. 
Because I think you're going to have situations where they, you know, the Lakers can beat the Jazz but can't beat the Clippers, and the Clippers can uh, beat the Lakers but they can't beat the Jazz. And like the the way that these things are going to match up all throughout those teams because they're all so high level, I think is going to be fascinating to watch. All right, last thing, thirty seconds or less. Who is the best player who is going to change teams this season? Oof. Um, I will say on that one, uh, probably D'Angelo Russell. I think that there's a lot of incentive for the, the Warriors to reconfigure with supporting players for the big three rather than trying to integrate D'Angelo given their dire situation. I think D'Angelo Russell is on the move by the, by the trade deadline. Matt Moore, he covers the NBA for the Action Network. It is an app, a necessity for gamblers, and really fun for everyone else. Matt, thank you so much for the time, man. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Thanks, man. Take care. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.